opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay, it is tea off time. Hi, everybody. My name is DJ McIntyre, and today you are in What is Advocacy? This is part one of a three-part series we're going to be doing um, this one today. We're doing part two on Monday, July the 3rd, and then part three we'll talk about at the end of our session today. Um, very, very excited to have everybody here. And it looks like everybody is in and ready to go. So um, I'm going to let each of our panelists do an introduction of themselves, and I'll introduce them by first name, and they can tell you just a little bit um, about what they'll be sharing. So we're going to start with Ms. Swatha. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm glad, glad to be here today. Um, my name is Swadhananda Kumar. I am ACB's Advocacy and Outreach Specialist. Um, I will be talking a little bit about the um, advocacy on the federal level and um, what kind of goes into that. Um, yeah, that be. Thank you, Swatha. James, if you could introduce yourself. Hello, my name is James Edwards. I am the immediate past president of the American Council of the Blind of Oregon after serving 10 years as president. Uh, I'm also the advocacy, uh, legislative chair for, for, the, for the organization and, and we do advocacy work for to the legislative state and, and local. So my, my discussion will be on, this, on the state and local level of advocacy. Thank you, James. Then can we have Mr. Greg introduce? Yes, thanks, DJ. Hi, everyone. My name is Greg Lindberg. I'm from Wesley Chapel, Florida, and I'm actually a founding member, proud founding member of ACB Next Generation and current Publications Committee Chair. And uh, today I'll be speaking about uh, being a guide dog handler and kind of the advocacy that goes along with that, along with a little bit on employment and fitness and adaptive sports. Awesome. Thank you, Greg. And Ms. Vika, can you close us out with our panelist? Hi, everyone. My name is Vika Trussell. I live in Georgia and um, I'm a part of Next Generation and I'm a co-chair of the PR committee in Next Generation. And I'll be talking about traveling in an airport um, and how to get assistance and living independently as a blind person. Very good. Awesome. Okay. So, for those of you who are listening, we have quite a bit of a variety for you for this beginning session, and then we'll um, have time to go into more details as we go to our other sessions. I want to take a little time, though, and just kind of give some dictionary definitions of advocacy. Um, what is What does it mean to advocate? And we use these terms a lot of times, but sometimes I think defining helps. So if you're using it as a noun, um, as like advocacies is the act of pleading for supporting or recommending. Um, so he was known for his advocacy of state rights would be a way you might use that term. Now, if you're going to use it as a verb, you know, it's going to be advocated or advocating. So that's to speak or write in favor of support or argue by argument, um, support or urge, excuse me, by argument, recommend publicly, or you could use it, you know, as one to act as an advocate on behalf of somebody else. 
Um, it could be somebody who writes in support or defense of a person or a cause. It could be a person who pleads for in behalf of another, like an intercessor, or a person who pleads the cause for another in a court of law. So those are the different definitions of advocacy, but I think each person defines it in their own way. And each of us do advocate for ourselves in various avenues and various ways. So we have our panelists here to just kind of give a little bit more information of what are ways that they advocate for themselves? What are ways that they are doing this um, that we might not see? So we're gonna start with um, a question that um, it's for Greg and Vika, but then um, Swatha and James are also gonna have an opportunity to answer. And that's what places um, do you have to advocate for yourself the most? What are some areas that you find difficult? So um, Vika, can you kick us off with the answer for that question? Well, um, as like a person who lives um, by myself in an apartment, I um, like I have to, you know, find ways to get things like every day. Um, well, things like going to the grocery store even. Um, and I mean, there are different ways of doing that for people. And uh, some people can call a friend or take an Uber or whatever, but either way, that's still advocating for yourself. Like this, the fact that you're saying you need some help and you, um, you know what you need help with is advocating for yourself. So, um, but my biggest thing this year and um, last year was, uh, well, um, like traveling by myself, it just, I don't know. It uh, was scary because I had to advocate for assistance at the airport. And it's not just any airport, it's Atlanta Airport, which is huge. Um, but I did it. And both times that I flew, actually, the first time was scary, like um, getting help and, you know, just asking like for what I need help with. But the second time wasn't bad. And so I feel like the more you ask, um, and advocate for yourself and like what you need, the easier it gets. Um, yeah, that's, that's Absolutely. what I have to say about that. Awesome. Greg, would you uh, like to give us some information on uh, what places or areas that advocating for yourself have been the most difficult or more challenging? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so kind of like Vika, I think just, you know, in general, being out in public, you're around so many different types of people out there. Um, so you really do have to speak up and, and advocate um, in any kind of situation you might be, you know, especially out in public in that kind of situation. Um, so as a guide dog handler, you know, obviously that can present some additional challenges, uh, just making sure people do recognize uh, my guide dog as a service animal. And so that means she can essentially go everywhere with me that I, you know, need to go, that I am able to go, um, whether that's into say a doctor's office, a restaurant, you know, using ride sharing services like Uber or Lyft. Um, I can speak more about this, you know, a little later on as well, but uh, just in general, you know, making sure that others are aware that she is allowed to accompany me, that she is guiding me, you know, she is performing uh, work for me to help me get around safely as someone who is blind. Okay, awesome. Um, Swatha, would you like to 
anything in for yourself and just regular advocating places and things? Yeah, totally. So personally for me, um, like I find a, a good myself in the in the job environment. So uh, making sure that I get what I need for accommodations, I get I can do, I can do my job effectively. Um, also kind of just like, like Greg and Vika mentioned, like just living alone and um, making sure that you um can go places and get get what you need in services. So yeah. Uh, James, anything to add for that for you personally? Well, mostly it's the same as what we've heard. But um, when I go to like the Walmart store, I, it is amazing to me or anywhere, actually. I, and I've made this statement to many of my friends. Nine out of 10 people will watch me use my cane and bounce off the walls before one will come forward and help me. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it, it's important. You have to let people know that you just can't see. And and I do that all the time when I go to a doctor's office or I go shopping or anything. People offer to help me. I say, thank you. And if they don't offer, then I have to say, I have to have some assistance because I just literally can't see. So then pretty soon somebody will come and help me. But, but and I always make sure that I thank, thank people for for helping me that's I, that's very important because so many times i hear people say well i just don't know if you, you know, some blind people just won't don't they get offended when you try to help them i say but 90 percent will not so <laughs> so it's important to thank people and let them know that you actually need assistance exactly i think it makes a big difference for everybody to you know you're asking for help but you also thank them for that help um because they didn't necessarily have to stop and do that um, our next question is, what are some key points when advocating with leadership? And I know James and Swather are going to talk about it on a more legislative level, but even for Vika and Greg, um, and, you know, whether that's job related or co-workers um, for Vika, you know, working with people in an authority type position, um, what are, do you have any key points, um, Vika or Greg, that you would like to mention that you guys use personally? Vika, I'll start with you if you have anything. If not, you're fine. And I know Greg has a few pointers. Do you mean like when working with different people, just asking mm-hmm. them? Uh, well, like, I mean, even working with you on PR, you know, like I've learned to work together as a team and kind of we have, you know, our kind of jobs that we do, like, you and I are a great team, I feel like, and I know if um, you or I need one of us to do something, you'll say like, hey, can you do this? Or, hey, can you do that? And um, I just uh, have learned also to, you know, if I don't understand something just to ask, I mean, um, the, you know, like, otherwise you might not know the answer if you don't ask. And that's advocating too, just um, not thinking that like, oh, let me just do it how I think. I do it, but actually like asking questions and doing it the right way. Yep, exactly. Great. Yeah, so I actually recently started a new job. I'm fortunate, very fortunate to be employed and actually working for another university now. It's called Full Sail University here in Florida. And uh, so obviously with a new job, there are new processes, new rules, just everything that kind of comes into place that anyone has to learn but it can be, you know, even more challenging for those of us who are blind or visually impaired. Um, so I, you know, had several initial conversations with HR, just again, advocating, communicating my needs, 
um, just what what I need as far as tools, how I can be successful when it comes to my job. And uh, I will say, you know, in general, <clears throat> the jobs I've had, my employers have been very supportive and very understanding and accommodating. Um, but if if I didn't bring up some of those things, obviously they would not know necessarily how to help, or it could be awkward if I just kind of walked in and did not indicate specifically what kind of accommodations I needed. So obviously that's critical, you know, just kind of from that, that first, first step in that, that professional relationship. And then uh, just as far as working with my colleagues, you know, asking for things in different formats, like say a Word doc versus a PDF, which might be more accessible. Um, I'm learning new systems, new software. And so initially I've just kind of had my, my supervisor email me assignments, you know, in the meantime, before I kind of get comfortable with the new systems and new processes. Um, so again, it really comes down to communicating kind of what I need to be successful and obviously doing it in a way that's professional and, and respectful. Absolutely. Um, Swatha, you want to give us any pointers on advocating with leadership and people that may intimidate us just because of their title sometimes? So one thing I would like emphasize is that don't be afraid to talk to them. Um, definitely just, you know, like their title is just an, an, a name. It's not, it's not like they're gonna, they're not on that scary when you talk, like they're, 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 they're humans as well. So they're human, they're talking too. So they're, they understand that you, go, understand that you um, might need or might want something that they can provide or that they can, um, that um they understand 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 where you kind of come from so just i would say like for that point or um just don't be afraid to tap them or don't know no intimidate title or name so absolutely um james you know you've had the longest of advocating than all of us others so what are some pointers with leadership or people in higher positions than us well yes uh, that I have had quite a bit of experience, uh, even advocating with the uh, personally with the uh, Oregon State Governor and my my uh, legislatures, my district representatives, uh, but and city staff. Uh, as most of you are aware, I just finished a five-year term as mayor of the city of Lakeside, so I've had a lot of experience uh, working with people in higher situations. Uh, positions, but it's it's really nothing to be intimidated by because they most of the time they respect your position and and they're willing to talk with you and work with you, and I found that to be very true in in my role as mayor. So uh, it's nothing to be afraid of. You just uh, you treat them as as you want to be treated so with the respect you want them to have for you. You give show them the same respect. Exactly. Um, I know we're running a little ahead of schedule, which is totally fine. It gives us some more time to take questions later. Um, what is one tip for each of you to share um, based on what we're going to be talking about um, in parts two and part three? One tip that people can kind of take home today and kind of chew on that, hey, you know, maybe I am already doing that or maybe looking to take that next step into legislation um, what's just one small, simple thing? And I'm going to go backwards um, for this one, James, and start with you um, on, you know, a legislative state, local level. What's what would be a tip or something you could say, hey, this is this is kind of a just the first step to take. 
Well, the best advice I can give is to get to know who you're speaking with, the, the person that's going to help you help get what accomplish what you need to get accomplished. And, and, and as an example, uh, we, uh, in last November, we, we elected a Republican uh, uh, state representative, and I was fortunate enough that he reached out to me. And so I got to know him most somewhat on a personal basis. And so during the process of going through what I needed to do for the city of Lakeside, I, uh, because I knew him, it made it much easy, easier to accomplish what he wanted. So, Exactly. Sometimes just another, in other words, more of a more or less a personal relationship with with the person will help you greatly. Right, building that relationship as uh, they're they're just like us, like Swatha said. It's the same, you know, the same makeup. We're all humans. We're all working through stuff, and you know, making that a relationship that you're going to build and you know you're going to grow with, rather than seeing them as oh, where they're so higher up here, like I can never. You know, they'll, they're not going to pay attention to me. I'm just this little nobody. Um, and just, you know, getting to know them as a person. Um, Swatha, what are some some things, a tip or two that you could uh, share for everybody? Yeah, I totally, I totally second what James said about I'm getting to know the person. The person. Um, also, follow, 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 follow up is key in that regard. So don't make it a one and done. Make sure you just keep going back to them make that, that they, they know you get to know you and they um understand understand your issues and what you're coming from um also um in like more policy like in like just like with um like federal people like um don't be don't, don't be afraid to to say you don't know and which that you um don't know something. don't don't feel like don't feel, don't feel like you need to go in there and know everything or know all, all the answers or have, have answers right, 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 right at hand um just Make sure, like, um, you could say, like, I don't know the answer, but I'll get back to you on that. I I will make sure I follow. I should follow up on that. Um, and that's all. That's also a great, great, great way to um stay in touch. And make sure that you do like, if you have questions that you can't answer that you can't answer that they that they ask you and you don't know how to address it, then um just go back, get back to them. Give, make sure you follow. Up. Make, make sure you get, get the answer, get the answer they want or that they're looking, looking for. So. Follow-up is such a key thing sometimes, and we don't have to know all the answers when we talk to them. We can find somebody else who has more experience. It's been my my biggest thing. My children here and where I live in Georgia actually have about 13 state senators wrapped around their little fingers who know them by name and <laughs> see them walk into the Capitol and immediately are just, hey, bud, let me go get you a snack, or hey, y'all come to my office and hang out. And you you don't get that if you're not making those personal connections. So it, it, that's definitely a huge tip that I would have never thought of. But my poor kids have grown up <laughs> down in the state capital. Um, Greg, um, what would be a tip you can give um to kind of take home about what we were talking about? I would say for me, uh, a big one is just being respectful uh, when it comes to advocacy and then communication in general. Um, I know oftentimes we all get frustrated by things, you know, emotions get the best of us, something's not accessible, something doesn't work, we don't have the resources we need, and it can be easy, you know, again, for emotions to kind of take over and you kind of lose your temper, lose your cool, um, but that's not not productive at all when it comes to trying to, to you know, nail home a message, communicate a message, 
um, whether it's just advocating at a restaurant, you know, for help, or if you're walking on Capitol Hill and advocating, you know, for legislation uh, to a congressperson. I, th- I think if you're respectful and you come across as cool and calm, um, obviously know what you're talking about, but be be calm about it. And I think your message in that case is going to be taken more seriously. It's going to be more effective because it shows, you know, that you're not just, again, letting your emotions get the best of you and you really are trying to communicate on a a personal level and get that message across. Awesome. For sure. Vika. All right. Well, um, I have two things. One is about the airport because that's, um, what I'm talking about today, part of it. Um, so like, I know, um sometimes they want to go ahead and give you a wheelchair and that's fine like if you want to use it I mean that's your choice but for me I always say no thinking like I don't need a wheelchair but if they do want to bring it like I just tell them to put my stuff in it but you I mean there is a respectful way of asking like um um you know that they don't put you in a wheelchair you know you don't have to be rude about it but you can just say hey you know what I can hold on to your arm and you um I can walk um let's you know somebody else who needs that chair can use it um so I've learned um you know that like both times just being very polite and nice about it like um they were like okay cool no problem so and then um as Greg said like being respectful in another way like um I actually went to a restaurant with two other blind people and it was like three of us we walked in I don't I I kind of think they freaked out a little bit like, oh, what do we do? How do we help these people? And we, you know, told them like, um, if you can just read us the menu, but then they actually ended up having braille menus. So that was nice. And they actually knew like that um, they might help us, um, like the braille menus might help us, you know, read the menu ourselves. And, and it was a great experience and just knowing how to ask for things, but not be rude about it. I mean, sometimes people just don't know and if you just educate them a little bit they're like oh wow that's that's really cool and um my friend actually she's a flight attendant and she said she's learned so much from being around me that um she now um knows you know how to like guide a blind person like not just grab them by their arm but like asking them do you want to hold on to my arm and um people are like well you're so good at this and she's like well you know like I have a friend who has taught me a lot. And uh, so, yeah, it definitely helps to be around people who can educate you and you can educate them on different things. And yeah, that's all I got. Well, those are awesome tips because sometimes we forget not everybody grew up around somebody who has vision loss and it may make them uncomfortable. And Sometimes the best way to advocate for ourselves is just a nice, calm, even tone, just kind of letting them know what we need, what we um, what we might be requesting of them and to be able to just say, hey, this is what I need. Is this is this possible instead of demanding? Um, sometimes you get a lot further with a little bit of sugar or honey, as they say. Um, at this time, we um, have plenty of time to open it up for questions. So if you are an attendee and would like to ask a question about an advocacy situation, or maybe you want to hear a little more um, from one of our panelists, if you would raise your hands and we will get you unmuted and would love to hear your questions. 
Judy. I thank you. Um, I appreciate the discussion about uh, dealing with uh, with airport personnel and just getting around an airport in general. I fly several times a year. I have varied experiences throughout the years, but one of the one of the things that I have always wanted was to have the different airlines have a part of their training how to deal with a person that's blind, sighted guide or what how to speak to us. I am constantly advocating for myself because I feel that it's not only helpful for me, but any other person that's blind that's going to 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 fly. So just recently, I just came back last week um, from a trip, and the uh, on my the first flight, the airline attendant was fabulous, and she introduced herself. I introduced myself, and I said it would be helpful for me when you speak to me to please call me by name because I can't always tell if you're talking to me when it's loud and there's two other people, you know, in my row. So. I find that that's very helpful. I've been through the whole wheelchair thing where they want to offer me a wheelchair. And I always say, I can walk and I can hold onto your arm and walk as fast as you want me to. Um, sighted guide, getting me to my seat is often an issue. I, I tell them, just let me hold onto your arm. I've had airline attendants want to grab my hands, I, you know, just any number of things. So I feel that it's, a, it's like a constant battle every time I fly pretty much to, to teach each um, airline attendant or the personnel at the lobby or whatever, how, you know, how to talk to me, what I need. And most of the time it works out fine. Every once in a while, you're going to get somebody that's going to have an attitude and you really have to just stay calm. Like was said before, you have to just stay calm and focused on your needs because basically that's what they're there for is, is for you. So um, I really appreciate the discussion about that. Oh, thank you, Judy, for all of that. And I will give a personal thing. So my mom got us somehow on the ADA board for the Atlanta Hartsville Jackson Airport um, by just reaching out to um, guest services at the airport. So we have a lot of those conversations with them, with the airlines. I can't say all of them are great, um, but it it's something to definitely look into if you're flying a lot, you know, look into some of those airports and see if they have an ADA committee or group um, at you could, you know, whether you can just talk over the phone with them or even do an in-person demonstration sometimes. And, you know, that that's where it, the conversation starts. It started with um, some guide dog issues we had had at the Atlanta airport that our local guide dog group took on. And from there has grown to us being part of this giant ADA committee with various disabilities um, and the airports send their, their people, you know, they send the, the, the top people that can do the training, but it definitely takes some time. Anyone else with a comment or question from the attendee side, if you want to raise your hand. This is Melissa Hudson here in Burien, Washington, a suburb of Seattle. And uh, I'm sorry, ma'am, what was your name facilitator? I'm DJ. BJ? DJ. Oh, DJ. Hi. Nice hey. to meet you. Good to meet you. And I want to congratulate Greg, uh, first of all, on getting a job. Um, I am in the process of searching for a job. So um, I just congratulate you and wish you much success. Um, but I want to um, piggyback on what several of you have said about being respectful when you're trying to advocate or get what you want. Um, Back before pandemic happened, I used to coordinate a bunch of blind people to go to a theater, uh, a radio theater show that was done live. Um, 
you know, told it like live on stage, but it was a radio play. And sometimes there'd be like 12 or 13 of us getting together and going to this program. We'd all sit together like in the same section. And one thing that I always tell people, especially ones that have never been to something like that, is that it is so easy for us as blind people to let our emotions get in the way and to get upset because they sat us in the wrong place or they didn't get us what we needed or they're, you know, mad at us because we're blind or whatever the situation is. And I always tell people that to, to like what this what, what that one person was saying, thank them for taking the time to help you, because that will leave an excellent rapport to you. And it also does that for them, too. And they'll want to help you again in the future. So it's very important, no matter what the situation is, that you thank them for their time, no matter, you know, even if that person was annoying, if that person was, you know, just not real nice to you. If you respect them, who knows what could happen in the future? They could respect you. And so that's what I always tell people. I mean, like I said, our, we, know we, we tend to let our emotions get in the way. And I learned that from a previous supervisor that I had at my previous job before I got laid off because I thought the reason that I was getting laid off was because of my blindness. And I, I was told, no, that's not true. It had to do with funding. But I let my emotions get in the way. And, you know, my supervisor had to have a discussion with me about that. And it was a very good discussion. And I really had to learn some valuable lessons. And that can relate to advocacy as well. So I just wanted to point that out. But thank you to all of you for your wonderful um, advocacy stories and just kind of defining it. Um, I think it's going to make a big difference in the world today. And uh, thank you all and God bless. I get the whole thing. So I'm actually, I don't know when I should say or not say I'm fully sighted, but my mom's totally blind and we have gone many places. We went to the circus one time, Barnum and Bailey, like the big circus and describing to my mom and I, the person behind me, shush me, who had yelling, screaming children, shush me for talking. And I said, she can't see what's going on. I'm going to keep describing. And I was like, in the back of my head, I was like, if she goes and tells somebody, I don't care because they don't describe the circus. Um, but it, it is something you're saying. Thank you is such a huge, huge thing. Uh, Jamaica, what is your comment today? And nice to see you on, by the way. Thanks for choosing my session. Hello. My question is for, is actually for Swatha. Does, does voting happen to be involved with the, um, with, with the federal, uh, fed, federal legisla legislation? Um, cause I'm still still confused about where where you know uh about the about being able to about being able to vote so I'd like a little um I don't know if that's okay to mention here or not so. yeah so just to be clear um you're asking about voting in terms of congress members right or about, about a bill in particular Is it just just voting in voting in general because I, I, we're having some difficulties here in georgia so I'm just oh curious. yeah um so we at acb do have um like a um voting as part of our um portfolio but um 
In terms of like federal legislation, um, I'm personally not working at it now, or um, I'm not really aware. Um, there are bills, but I mean, I'm not working on liquid now. But um, it, it's so it's an issue that we're that we're, that we're deeply concerned about at ATB. So. Thank you very much. That that answers that kind of answers my question. Thank you. Of course. Thank you, Jamaica, for the question. So, um, I don't want to end too too early, but our next session, as I mentioned at the beginning, is Monday, July the 3rd, 2.30 Central. We are going to be able to do that one as a hybrid, which I'm really, really excited. We got a hybrid slot. The title is Advocate for Yourself Any Place, Anytime, in Any Situation. And our panelists will be Vika and Greg, who have both talked today um, and shared some information. So um, Vika and Greg, if you can take each of you take a couple minutes and maybe give them a little sneak peek of what that session's about. And then Swath and James, um, we'll talk about y'all's um, third session as well in just a couple minutes since we have some extra time. Uh, Greg, how about you start us off with what one or two things that you'll be sharing um, in that session? Sure, yeah. So I will definitely be talking a lot about uh, being a guide dog handler I know earlier, you know, in this session, I, I kind of referenced uh, some challenges that come along with that as, as those in the audience who might have guide dogs, you know, are, are fully aware of, um, you know, in terms of advocacy, um, obviously, you know, just again, like I said before, making sure that others are aware that, that she is a service animal and she is allowed to, you know, enter any kind of business, any kind of vehicle. Um, so obviously Uber, like, you know, many fellow guide dog handlers out there has, has been a challenge Uber and Lyft both, um, in terms of, you know, sometimes drivers denying us because, uh, they don't think, you know, we have a legit service animal or, you know, various reasons that they give. Um, and I'll, I'll definitely be speaking more about just kind of some strategies that I've learned to kind of counteract some of those challenges. Um, obviously there's, you know, no 100% solution uh, to some of these challenges, but uh, there are some things that you can do, you know, again, definitely involving advocacy uh, when it comes to kind of making your life easier and uh, just communicating with others to make sure they understand your needs. And especially when it comes to having a service animal, um, what you're able to do with that animal. Awesome. Vika, want to share a little bit more of what they can expect from our next session? Um, well, I went a little bit into detail about my airport experience, but I can talk more about that, like how I um, ask, like specifically what kind of help I need. And um, like, also, um, I can talk about just daily life and, uh, you know, like going to the grocery store like um because I have just done this before where I go to like customer service and ask for help um and different things like that awesome so stay tuned for part two it's just going to get better from there and then part three of this advocacy panel is going to be um James and Swatha it's not going to be part of the ACB convention and we're going to give everybody some time to digest with the information that you get. Um, it's actually going to be sponsored by ACB Next Generation, which they're the group that um, we put this 
as one of our convention programs together is going to be Tuesday, July the 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern. And we're going to have James and Swatha sharing the final session. And that's taking the next step, um, you know, getting how do you get involved in local and state government? How do you get involved in the U.S. National Congress government? You know, what what are the steps? How do your bills work? How how can you take that next step? Maybe you're doing the daily things that Vika and Greg have talked about and you think, you know, I really, really want to see some th- some changes in the legislation, whether that's in you know, local or state or even at the national level. You know, maybe you see the emails from Swath and Clark from ACB and like, what do I do with this now? <laughs> you know, I'm kind of panicking. I don't know what what even though they may have a form letter like that's kind of intimidating. So part three, we're going to give them over an hour of time to share with you how the processes work, how it's, you know, some things are different between your local and state governments versus the national. And yet, you know, what are the similarities being able to help you be more prepared for that next step? So um, Swatha, can you give us just maybe a little tidbit? We've got about five, 10 minutes. You can, if you want to expound a little bit more on what they can expect in that session. Um, some of the excitement so we can start everybody thinking, circling that date on their calendar of July the 18th. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks, CJ. Um, so like DJ mentioned, um, we will be James like going through um the process of how bills work and how laws get made. Um and I'll kind of expand on that and to, like kind of ha- highlight ways to advocate within the process. Um you like I think many of you have seen, seen, you know, seen the emails that Clark and I put out um, on like um, advocating on like certain imperatives or on um, bills that I want passed and become law. So um, definitely just like, how can you or where can you or what what, what do all these, these terms mean? What do, um, what like, how can you contact your Congress? How can you look up, look up, look up bills, like look up, um, bills online and have have that be um at your fingertips what um you know what you know what more can you do how can you make sure that this is a parity for your um congress and also um how to find out find who most congress are so um just bringing that bringing that a process bringing that advocacy on federal level and um just talking about how I can do it. Like this is kind of a one-on-one, one-on-one, so. Awesome. I, I'm i looking forward to it. I won't be there, but I'll look forward to listening to it when the recording comes out um, to just learn more on that national level. James, um, can you give us a little preview of the local and um, state level legislative stuff you'll be talking about in part three? I did a legislative seminar for my local, or not my local, my state board meeting last April. And I had Michael Babcock uh, trans, trans, transpose it into from text to speech. So I'll be playing, having that played, I hope. That's a four, four minute uh, segment on how, what it takes to get a bill passed through your state uh, legislature. And people don't uh, realize, I, I, well, to my knowledge, a lot of people don't realize how easy it is for an individual. You can be just a person alone if you have a good idea that you think will change the lives of, of a whole segment of the population that will help people 
help their lives better, you can personally take that to a representative on your state level and say, I have this idea and I would like to propose to you that we create a bill that will will make this a, a state uh, law. And there, but the, it is a process and I'll, I'll talk about that at the next session, I guess, on actually how we get it done. And I have a good example because I came back from a national convention at one point, I can't remember what year it was, but, and I had heard about, I think it was Nevada had passed the uh, prescription reader bill. So I brought it back to Oregon and explained it to them and we thought it was great. So we went and actually went through the whole process of getting it done here in Oregon. So now we have a, a state law that uh, requires pharmacies to provide information on prescription reader devices. That's awesome. Um, is there anything on the local level since we know you were the mayor of a city recently that you could um, give a little something about as well for anyone who may be aspiring for a city or you know local government position? Absolutely, yes. On the local level, uh, cities are run by uh, what they call a city council. Most most cities have a seven member city council, which includes a mayor. And so for that, it's it's a matter of, of reviewing your your local ordinances is what regulates a city government. So you, I, sp I spent hours all the time reviewing local ordinances and planning commission ordinances, how we plan for our city and go through the process of uh, bringing it to the to the attention of the of the council and to the city manager on how this ordinance it would be better if it was if it was changed to reflect this or that, and so it's a process that that I've used many times during my during my term as mayor, and it's a, it's a, just a matter of knowing what the heck you're talking about, reading, reading, and reading, so and thinking about things, and so yeah, I could talk about that easily all day long. <laughs> <laughs> No, and it's, I think each of you panelists, as our attendees can see, are each passionate about the areas that you're going to be speaking on. And that's, these are things that you guys love and enjoy and um, want to do and want to share with others so that others can be just as empowered and ready to go to, you know, fight the battle and keep working towards getting things accessible, getting things moved and you know, making the world a better place so that there's not so many gaps out there that sometimes appear. And we don't know why society does that, but, you know, they do. And now we're working to kind of untangle the webs. I'm going to give um, just another couple of minutes in case anyone has any other questions. Jane. Hello. Hi, Jeanette. This is Jane Perry. And I have my question is actually regarding the third segment you said it was on june 18th july it's 18th excuse july me 18th. yes ma'am you have a do you have a time it is 8 p.m eastern okay thank and you this has been very very interesting especially for new people who have never done advocacy and i highly recommend people who are new to just do it it's very easy it doesn't it's very painless and it gets your point across and you can do it with respect but my point I would also like to make is remember that the people that you are advocating or lobbying for, uh, especially for legislators, is remember that you put them in office. Think of them as mm -hmm. you are their employer. 
So that's just one tidbit I like to pass on. And uh, I'd like to hopefully uh, attend the July 18th meeting. It sounds very interesting. Thank you for allowing me to speak. Oh, thank Great you so tip, much. Jane. Great tip. It's awesome. And um, I know we will have it on the ACB Next Gen Facebook page and things, and they usually pass that on. So we're going to make sure it gets on as many ACB lists as well um, because it is separate from the convention, but I think it's going to be a really, really great session. Anyone else with a question or comment? CJ, I would like to make a comment before Absolutely. we close. Go ahead, James. So, okay. So what we need to remember is each time we're out there in public, um, mostly in my case, and a lot of times we go alone and, and I have to ask for help. But each time I ask for help, I'm teaching somebody so that the next time I run into them, they'll know. And a good example is a couple of weeks I was in a grocery store and a lady came up to me and she said, I remember you. Here's my elbow. So it's teaching people, you know, that that people like us because it's unbelievable how devastating, uh, debilitating a blindness can be to people that used to be able to see like I used to be. So every time we to tell somebody how to, how to help us instead of uh, them taking our, our, our arm or our hand and trying to lead us. I say, no, let me take your elbow. That way you're leading me instead of me leading you. And, and it sticks to them, you know, so next time they see you, they're, they, they're trained. That's awesome. And it's, it's just baby steps. Sometimes, sometimes it, it, you can do it in a group. Sometimes it's a bunch of one-on-one conversations with people that they remember next time they see you you know hey you know here's here's your water here's where your water cup goes and sometimes we'll go out to eat and we'll have a really great waiter or waitress and they'll let my mom hey here's where the cup is and here's the silverware is here on your left and she's like how do you know to do that because it's somebody we have we haven't interacted with like oh I have you know a family member I've had another patron who you know made sure that I knew what to do and you just pass on that little tidbit of education and that advocacy that took three, four five minutes can change the life of someone who is newly um, blind or, you know, is is still working on figuring out how to navigate the outside world. It, hey, it, it doesn't have to be big and strong and scary. You know, it's sometimes it's as simple as um, she's going to follow you with her cane. So if you can use the terms left and right and tell them where to go, that would be really helpful. Instead of down that hall over there's the room, you know, just using mm -hmm. some basic directionals, um, little things. I think of, um, as a sighted person, my whole life has been advocating because my mom's been totally blind since birth. And so things that come naturally to me that other sighted people don't get until they realize why I do it. Um, and so I, I tell people, I'm like, I'm a walking advocacy billboard just because I do things and my kids now do the same thing. They use rights and lefts and can't guarantee my five-year-old is going to get her right and left correct every time, but she's at least attempting to tell the direction and, you know, it's not, oh, well, it's over there, over where, <laughs> you know, so those baby steps for sure. Anyone else with a closing thought real quick um, from our panelists? Yeah, can I jump in here? Absolutely, Swatha. Um, okay. Um, so it's also important to remember that these people, these people have, have been in issues, issues before. They have been with where exactly where exactly where you are now. So um, 
especially especially from a member member of Congress, like they have been, you know, they've been your age. They've 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 had to um kind of campaign and talk to people and make sure that they have get themselves um also just like regular humans. Like we all we all we all have things we all we all have we all, we all need help at some point. So just remembering that they are that they are just like just like you just might not be a dictator at that moment, but they were like you once. So. Awesome. Vika or Greg, any closing comments really fast? We all I just about. wanted to thank people for coming. Um, I know there's a lot of things to choose from like every day. And so we appreciate you making this one of your sessions today. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just wanted to say, like we've talked so much about today, communication is such a big theme here. Don't be afraid to ask for help and you know, be clear in your communication, specifically what it is that you need in order to do what you need to do, to be able to do what you need to do, to get where you need to go. Um, because if you kind of break that ice, you know, that that stereotype, that awkwardness, whatever you want to call it, um, it really makes whoever you're asking help for pushing a message toward more, more comfortable and more confident. And uh, yeah, it's been an honor to be on this panel. So thank you, DJ. And thanks to everyone for checking us out. Thank you, my panelists, for being here and being willing to jump into something new and different. I've never facilitated, um, but I love I love the topic. So it is a lot of fun. Um, with that, we're, um, I want to say thank you to Nikki and to Jeanette um, for helping us out in the Zoomville streaming side of things. Really appreciate that. And other than that, you guys can take a little bit more of your afternoon back before we sit through resolutions tonight. And I hope and look forward to seeing many of you when we go to Illinois. And those of you who are going to just be virtual on Zoom, hopefully you will join us for part two that is going to be on the Monday, July the 3rd. And it is the same time as this one. It's going to be 2.30, um, sorry, 2.30 Central Time. You can join us on Zoom or in person for that. And that is all I have, you guys. So have a great rest of your Thursday, a good weekend. Rest up before the full-blown craziness of convention starts in a week or so. Thanks, guys. <laughs>